Hello and welcome to the Honeywood Learning Podcast. This is Clay Harrison and I'm joined by Lena Putter. Hello. And we are part of the research and development team at Honeywood School, in case you didn't know. Um, we thought we'd bring you this podcast aiming at pace in sessions this week. Um, with the release of the 75-minute lessons that are happening in September, there's a lot of restructuring going on within each department. And um, with that, there's a lot of stress of trying to capture everything in a certain number of learning sessions. Um, so Lena has done quite, quite a lot of research on pace, and I'm going to be quizzing her today. Um, so the first thing, Lena, um, what does it mean to have good pace in sessions? What is your the whole idea. the whole idea is to keep learners engaged in a learning session it is crucial to consider the speed at which staff move through their sessions and the pace that learners are taking on board the information the new information that they've gained the tasks that they need to complete etc so it's all about not going too slowly where you're going to then uh, lose the attention of some also not going too quickly and losing certain learners who are not picking up those instructions quickly so basically, it's just making sure that you go through the lesson, fitting in everything that you want to do, but being able to adapt around that in the needs of the learners that they have. So hopefully by the end of this podcast, mm. people will have a much better understanding of how yeah. they could possibly do that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, or aim, obviously, uh, aim to achieve that. Um, so what would you say it would look like if a session did not have good pace? So whether it's too fast or too slow? Okay, so if... Uh, a a lesson is going too slowly what that could mean is that there is too much teacher talk uh, too long to give instructions a lot too much sort of downtime where learners are given a task and just asked to get on with it um, a particular activity being given too much time uh, so that they, they don't get through what they can do possibly in a shorter period of time um, it could be that actually some materials are presented in a, in a specific way that just drags things on. They will allow learners to be bored and not gain what they could do from a lesson, really. So that's when it goes too slowly. I mean, I know in my lessons it's, it, it can be very sporadic. So, you know, I'm not going to say I have amazing pace all the time. There will be some lessons where I will take so long on certain things maybe chat a little bit too much and then all of a sudden I look at the clock realize we should be somewhere else and then I try and make up that time and then I go complete completely the other end of the scale when it's too fast so I mean is that another thing when it's too fast if is that bad thing if it's too fast because you want to get things done I think we're, we're at the risk of that especially when we're now moving on to the 75 minutes the risk of we need to fit all of this in let me just throw things at the learners and hope that they get it well then you you, you may be at the risk of having to cover that twice because you're going through something quickly just for the sake of doing it and you've touched on something that's really important that in a session you need to be able to adapt to how the learners are you know gaining that information so if they're taking a little longer than you thought then just adapt your next lesson to that if they were going a little bit too slowly and you think you can pick up the pace and maybe even go into the next les lessons worth of stuff then go for it i suppose it's all kind of down to how well you know your class as well um like you say I, with different classes and different age groups I wouldn't do the same uh, lesson in exactly the same way or at least I try not to well that's the whole idea that actually we're so proud of the fact that we've got great relationships with our learners don't we so we know those classes yes it might take a little while at the beginning but you know how quickly those learners work and and with it being mixed ability as well we we need to get to our, know our learners really really quickly and just being able to adapt so yes we we have certain year 10 classes where we have two year 10 classes covering exactly the same thing but how we adapt and how we actually present that 
learning session it will be completely different based on each each group of learners that you've got in front of you so in a practical sense is there a recommended time for tasks well in the research that i found there are lots of people that say different things so one study suggests that actually the attention span that learners has is roughly their age take away two years so if it is yeah well 13 year old will have the attention span apparently of 12 minutes others say no and others say that it's half their age which means that you'll have attention span of how much 10 (laughs) thank you (laughs) i wish um but then also there's the whole idea that actually some people will say that actually that it varies because we know that learners and I've got a stepson that will could sit on an Xbox for hours at a time doing exactly the same thing and which which throws it all out so I think the big thing that I found is that people are saying that roughly you should in a 75 minute lesson should be planning for roughly three activities in that time so roughly 20 minutes at a time so maybe giving some instructions allowing that task to be completed but which i'll go on to in a little while but in terms of attention span there isn't one particular rule but if we just roughly go on i'd say roughly on their age 15 minutes surely that can't be the case in every subject though no, i mean yeah obviously coming from a science background we know that sometimes there may be one main task whether it's a practical or if it's art where they have to do one main thing and it might not necessarily be segmented up Well, this is the whole idea, isn't it, of being able to share this kind of thing, because there will be certain lessons in all subjects where you can have a very, very pacey lesson. Lots of different tasks, lots of different activities going on. And yes, you can fit three activities in one. But yeah, there are going to be other subjects and other lessons where that's not going to be the case. There's going to be humanities and English where they have to, you know, allow learners to be able to write a longer answer. And so that's not always going to work. So the whole idea of this pacing, this whole podcast is I you know giving you guys some strategies to be able to use in your lessons but it's not going to be a one size fits all it's very adaptable isn't it yeah yeah um now from a personal um point of view i know when we're trying to change the lessons for september we are trying to just cut down look at what we've got and try and cut down some of the activities where we've maybe um you know doubled up on 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 an exercise Mm. um but do you think we're sometimes overloading our learners with the expectation so whether it's from a digital point of view whether you've got different platforms and we're asking them to put things on and take things off yeah I, I absolutely I think there's sometimes that I look at my learners and I just think I've thrown so much at you but I think personally I think that if we maintain or establish a good routine with our learners so much shows in terms of research that young people and I will throw myself into that group as well I thrive on routine and the learners will do as, as, as well. So if you know that all your resources are always on Google Classroom, that there will be a piece of independent study set every single session, that that is done within the routine of you setting up your session every single time. So that actually there may be visual prompts on the board every single lesson. So at the beginning, they will know to get out their equipment, to get onto Google Classroom to access that equipment, and that you know the IS task is already set so that they know that they're getting all the sort of administration out of the way and then they can get onto their lesson. But yeah, I'd, I completely agree with you. I definitely think over, over the last few years with our Key Stage 3 um, cohorts, there's definitely um, much more of, like you say, the routine, 
they understand what they're meant to be doing. So Google Classroom isn't a new thing for them. Um, I think a lot of it comes down to the IT team going in at the start of the year, going through emails, going through you know just the basic apps. Um, and also I think the more that we use these apps in session, so obviously Google Classroom now, everything's been set on Google Classroom. Fantastic, that's great routine. That's Surely it's that's got to work. It's consistency, isn't it? Yeah. It's making sure that all we're all on the same thing. So as much as we're not necessarily like being told every single briefing in every single time, every, t- every meeting to make sure you set your IS on Google Classroom, sorry Mark, uh, Google Classroom, and that you start that subject with the assessment being independent study, it's vital for us to all be on the same on the same page because one weak link will then have all of that crumble down. So, And I think we're getting there though with, with, with all of that. It the help- more we do it, yeah. I mean, I find it helps me as well because I'll get to at the end of a session and I think, oh, God, IS, forgot. Wait, quick, come back. And uh, by the time you know I've I've thought about it, they've gone out the door. So I think, like you say, just that routine, um, it will get me into a routine as well of always remembering to ask for IS at the same time or set IS Mm. as well. Yeah. Um, Because if you put it on Google Classroom later, quite often they don't look at their 2,000 unread emails and, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then uh, although it is their fault they forgot it, you, you can't really ask them to well it's slightly off topic I suppose but I think it's going to really help with the parents getting that review every week to kind of know exactly what they're learning definitely so, I think so as well I'm getting loads of emails I don't know about you of going so and so submitted their IS from September mm-hmm. because they know they had to go and tick yep. that box so, yep, yeah, that's it. Um, so I don't see pace as being one of those things where you just have you know one thing that can help it it's made up of loads of different things so you've got your behavior management your pedagogy and you know you could tweak all of these things um to improve pace in lessons really um but you've looked into different strategies so all of these different things um you're going to give us a really quick rundown on some of the things you found yeah there's quite a few here so i'm only going to touch on a few of them if anybody wants any more information i will put some of these articles on our research and development site um the, the big thing would be would be to make sure you are organised with your equipment. So you need to make sure that your lessons are planned effectively and all the equipment's already there, or the resources already printed out, it's already been scheduled on Google Classroom, that kind of thing. So that would make a massive difference. But it's the whole sense of urgency, that there's lots to get through and this is what we're going to do and making sure that the learners know exactly what they're going to be doing. So I would suggest the big thing would be to chunk the whole lesson. So chunking a big task into smaller ones, telling the learners that they've got three minutes, 10 minutes, and use a specific timer. So you can get a timer, if you just Google timer, there's one that comes up, horrible noise that comes up when it actually goes off. There's quite a few on Tez as well that I've used before um, that you can just incorporate into your PowerPoints. They're really good, so they can start either on the slide or on a click, and they obviously are on the actual slide so you yeah. can keep all the questions up yeah that's a good idea in yeah, my yeah. training year that saved me massively because obviously timing was a big yeah. a big thing in training year and um it definitely helps me it's such a simple thing that i think we all probably use at some point but kind of let it go to the wayside and don't use it often enough but using a timer by all means, if you say to the learners, you've got five minutes on this and you walk around and you then adjust that time because of the need, you know, they're going a little bit too slowly or they're finding it a little bit difficult, then adjusting your lesson is absolutely key. Um, 
what I will also say is I've trialled and I've actually filmed um, this using Iris so I'll put a clip onto our site again for those of you that might be interested but the idea of micro lecturing so that you ask learners to iPads away you know pens down don't be writing anything and you're giving them a chunk of information that they need to be learning then giving them a task straight after that to summarize what you've what you've just taught them so it might be a key concept they're trying to take in and that also helps them to try and remember certain tasks so micro lecturing is really that i've tried and for me for my session that i did it worked really really well so is that kind of modeled on you know more the lecturing of sort of higher education yeah. as well yeah but it the, the micro lecture literally lasts three minutes if that mm. and actually your micro lecture could be a video that you show them a youtube clip whatever that might be but straight afterwards you give them a task whether it's a worksheet whether it's a summary that they have to write and you tell them what the time they've got on that so how I found it really effective in my year eight session that I had filmed was that actually I gave them the micro lecture I gave them the chance to then summarize it and then micro lectured it again and then said right now you can write fill in the gaps that you've had and they really loved it and from what you said right at the beginning um, of this little segment was the whole idea of behavior management this is a year eight class that I find particularly difficult because they're so chatty and by doing this as a strategy for pace, they were fantastic. Their behaviour was phenomenal mm. in a room that they don't normally like to learn in. Kind of killing, so, yeah, killing, killing two birds, one, one stone. stone. Absolutely. Um, I also found, find that by making the goals of the session really, really clear is really, really, not important, but really effective and revisiting those lo lo quite a few times during the session. So even if it's three things that you have to get through or that they need to learn, lesson objectives, it's really simple. Mm. You know, in the past we weren't told or asked to put those up, but telling them what to do, you know, and then if it's a 75 minute lesson, every 15 or 20 minutes, going back to those and saying, well, how many have we now ticked off? How can we go? So there's this whole sense of urgency and almost comp competition with themselves. It's a nice feeling as well, ticking, ticking they love things it. off. Absolutely love it, yeah. Um, big thing that I found from just some of the observations that I've done is making sure that there is a smooth transition between the tasks and that all comes from being organised. So if you've got three tasks or two tasks that you're going to get through, having this smooth transition. So whilst they're completing a task on one, getting ready for the next one, just so that there's not an end to one and then you're faffing around trying to get sorted for the next one. Um, I think it's so amazing if you if you add up all the time in our sessions that we do faff about, like you say, in you know at the start at the end in between it amounts to quite a lot so you'll probably find that the actual teaching side of things you're, you're not really taking anything away from it it's it's more just like you say the the extra faff yeah yeah because that that might be 30 seconds or that might be a minute where they're then sat with nothing to do behavior goes crazy or not even crazy but just to, to the point where you're not you're having to deal with something else and that's another 30 seconds trying to bring that behavior back down again absolutely absolutely um what i also found um, was this, these visual instruct the, the instructions given visually? So we've got, um, and I know you sent them out to um, subject leaders. These sort of visual, what do you call them, prompts. There are specific sort of icons or pictures that that I started using in my presentation, so that actually when you've got a slide up, they know exactly what they need to be doing without having to tell them what they need to be doing. So it's actually, if it's one that's got the ear, they're listening to it, they're not writing anything down. The next one might be that, right, they now need to discuss that in their groups, they know exactly what they need to be doing. So again, that's not you taking up time talking at them, which we know from the from the research that I've done, is that can slow pace down. And we know that from, from our own teaching practice. Mm -hmm. um, Already touched upon it, but one thing that they 
that they've mentioned in the research, they, the scientists, the people, um, is the whole idea of checking understanding. So even if you've got three tasks planned and they're all going to last 15 minutes each, if the learners aren't understanding, don't move on. Mm. Or always having something in the back of your mind that actually if they get through those three tasks really quickly, having something as a backup. Even for, for, for me at the moment, I'm using Seneca a lot. So if I get to, you know, 15 minutes towards the end of the session and I've completed everything that I've got to and it's maybe the end of a unit, right now, do something else. Always have something. It's a fantastic tool, practice. isn't it, Seneca? Oh, yeah, really, really love it. Um, then two more things. One I will say that I've never heard of before and I will... Uh, put a specific article on about it is something called primacy recency effect didn't primacy. even know there were words but <laughs> <laughs> um, shows my the... <laughs> range of vocab doesn't it yeah. what they're saying is that the thing that learners remember the most is the first thing that they've learned okay the second thing that they remember the most is the last thing they have learned okay so the idea that Whatever the starting activity is, they'll remember and they'll have learned about it. That will have it. the biggest impact. That will have the biggest impact, according to this study. Okay. And that the plenary, if we are going with a very traditional starter main plenary, that the plenary activity that they'll remember the second. So the idea that actually a main activity, if it is the traditional five-minute starter and I don't know, 45 minutes for the main activity, they won't really remember that. They might remember the process of it. This is just one study, but maybe actually having, instead of one big lesson, again, chunking it down into two mini lessons where you have two starters and two plenum. I don't know. It might work for some people. It'll be interesting to see, actually, if this would work or not. So what you were saying about the, the start, so the first thing they learn is the is the most important. what they remember. Is the, what they remember the most. Yeah. Sorry, the first thing is what they remember the most. So if we had a starter that was um, just building on the previous lesson, in theory, they're mainly just remembering what they did last lesson. So do you think there, there should maybe be more openness to what's, what's to come in the lesson? Yeah, but then also going, you know, going opposite to what you're saying is that maybe the starting activity being what they did last session, could that be consolidation of what they've done? So it's this whole idea that maybe, and, we, and we, I know that some subjects do it, that they've, the learner's got a whole timeline of what they're going to be studying. They know exactly what's going to come up. They know how the lessons are going to link together. Um, but yeah, just just maybe for some people to remember that there's a possibility that some of our learners, the main activity, the main part of the session, they're remembering the least possibly. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I suppose like when you were talking about attention span as well, if you've got the their attention right at the start, yeah, that is when their memory will be yeah. at its best. Yeah. So just the last thing, which we've already touched upon quite a few times, but just. The idea of getting to know your learners, know how they learn most effectively and choosing methods based on that need. So if you know that you've got a group of learners that work the best through visualising or, I don't know, producing their piece of work through drawings or through practical means, do that more. I think a lot of that comes down to confidence and instinct, like gut instinct, yeah, doesn't and it? Comes with, yeah, like so it's trust yourself, trust your class. Absolutely. And everyone's different everyone has their different uh, methods of doing things different strategies yeah absolutely 100 percent. so those are just they're all of i'm not number of them one one no. to however many but there's that's just hopefully giving some people some new ideas um or some other yeah. ideas of how they're gonna maybe look no at thank you that's that's no um 
many strategies there for us to try and think about. Um, I caught up with Kate Guy down in science this week as well to talk about different strategies that she is uh, starting to use, starting to put in place, and also some that she's starting to think and how she's going to change for that in September with the 75-minute lessons. So let's have a listen to that. Hello, Kate, and welcome to the Honeywood Learning Podcast. Uh, thank you for joining me this morning. I just wanted to have a chat with you about pace um, in our learning sessions currently and also what your thoughts are you know, moving forward for September. Um, so first question, when it was announced that we'd be changing 75-minute lessons, what were your initial thoughts on that? Um, I was quite pleased with the change. It was kind of the option I'd voted for. But I think from a science perspective, it was quite, looking at it, it looks like quite a mammoth task changing all of our 100-minute sessions into 75, looking at which ones we need to condense, which ones we maybe need to split over two sessions, what we're going to do to make 100 minutes go into two lots of 75, and just generally how that's going to work. Yeah, I mean, it is quite a big task, isn't it? Obviously, changing everything that we've done, and it kind of feels like we've only just managed to do that for the 100-minute lessons, and obviously we're, we're changing it again. But, um, I mean, I think being quite a strong team and strong staff that we'll, you know, we'll manage that. Which... I, th- I think so. I think, you know, we've got ourselves divided into little groups. We know which sessions we want to start cutting, which ones we want to maybe extend or where we want to put some of those splits in. So I think we've got a plan. It's just getting it done now, really. Yeah. Um, I mean, thinking about pace itself, do you think currently we're setting the, the right pace in our sessions? Um, I think some sessions we are, because I think some sessions are quite content heavy or even particularly where we've got the required practicals. There's a lot to fit in in that time when we're quite conscious of the time but I do think there are some sessions that actually maybe we've allowed ourselves a bit more time than we needed to particularly maybe the last kind of 15 minutes or so of sessions so actually those ones are sessions that we can look at condensing down into the 75 rather than having to split necessarily. So you think there is the possibility that we can actually condense down what we've already got rather than trying to you know reinvent the wheel change absolutely everything? I think so in some cases but um it will depend very much on what the topic is. Like something where there's a practical, I don't think it'll be a case of we can condense that in because of we all, we've already talked about wanting to kind of develop their practical skills and their language around evaluating practicals and things like that as well. So that's an opportunity for us to actually maybe get some of that more challenging where we put a practical as a standalone session rather than putting it in with all the theory as well. Okay, so talking kind of like present time, um, obviously with our learning sessions now, um, what do you think are some of the barriers for setting a particular pace in learning sessions? For me, I know with some of my classes, focusing for the whole 100 minutes is quite tricky. It's a long time to be focusing. And certainly that last kind of 20 minutes, half an hour of the session, certain learners will switch off to some extent, particularly given that they've not chosen necessarily to do science. It's something that they've been told they have to do, so they don't necessarily have the same buy-in as they might do for some of maybe their option subjects. And I think knowing how much content they've got to cover as well, I think at times they feel overwhelmed and step back from that. Yeah. I mean, one thing that I particularly notice as well, um, again, like with myself, from a teacher point of view, I, I feel probably I could be much, much quicker getting into the learning session itself. So whether it's break time, lunch time, you know, being there a few minutes early, setting up, having it ready on the board, um, you know, hold my hands up, that doesn't happen all the time. And, and quite often you know, five minutes into the learning session, learners are still rocking up, um, takes them another five minutes getting a pen out, um, if they've even got their pen at the time. Um, and then if they haven't, you've got to sort them out, try and give them a new book, etc. So I definitely think there's kind of room for improvement 
at right at the start of the learning mm. sessions with uh, tightening up, uh, which I'm quite looking forward to the five minute uh, changeover time between learning sessions in September because it gives them that time to actually get to their learning session and prepare themselves. Um, have you started thinking about any strategies then that you might implement in September or ones that you've already tried uh, at the moment that are working quite well to, to keep that pace? So I've found the same sort of thing as you, kind of like sometimes at the start of sessions, it's not always a very slick start, both on our parts and sometimes the learners' part. So with one of my classes in particular, I've had a very kind of set routine at the start of the lesson. So their starter looks exactly the same on the board every time. It's the same format. They know when they come in exactly what they're doing and actually that's helping them get straight on task. They don't need me to prompt them. It's up on the screen. They know how it works and they're getting their heads down and getting on with it a bit quicker. I've also found with that class as well and some of my other classes using some of those visuals that we saw when we went to Trumpington have been really, really helpful just in terms of giving them that little visual prompt for actually, okay, this is the point where you are going to need to make some notes or at this point you just need to listen. We're going to have a bit of a discussion or we're about to watch a video. They just know what's coming a little bit more. So rather than having to constantly remind them, actually they're just getting on with it that little bit quicker and it just makes those transitions between activities a little bit slicker as well. What Going back to what you were just saying about you know the start of the lesson and having the routine, I know there's some uh, strategies that you've tried, um, like you were saying, kind of linking the two lessons together. So the previous lesson, maybe set in an independent study that then st- starts straight away with the next learning session. Um, so is the method behind that kind of taking out so where we've now lost um a little bit of time lost that 25 minutes is it kind of adding that into is um so we almost haven't lost that time we're just using it in a slightly different way that then feeds into the next learning session so i think there's definitely for certain sessions where that can work really really nicely so i'm doing that with my year nines this week because i know we've got a required practical to do in a session and i know that's gonna it's quite big required practical and take quite a bit of time up so actually their IS before is going to be just kind of getting some of the basic information and basic understanding of what the practical is going to be related to so that we can actually get started with the practical quicker and we can use the time that way. But I think definitely looking at the IS tasks and making, rather than making them necessarily standalone or relate to just the previous lesson, looking at where at times we can feed forward into the next lesson will help again with just winning back some of that time in places and make sure certainly when we've got practical tasks that we're not rushing the practicals because given that they're going to be asked questions on them in their exams we know we need to be making sure they're really confident with that material brilliant well thank you very much for you know for your insight and f- uh, for sharing that with us obviously i know not everyone's a science teacher but i definitely think some of the things you've said other teachers can relate to um, even if it's a completely different subject just the thing of routine and maybe linking the two learning sessions together so thank you very much for joining me this morning um, hopefully we'll have you back on the podcast at some point um, whatever the topic is um, so thank you very much thank you okay some interesting things there some good strategies um, that Kate has already put into place um, now obviously that was just from a science perspective um, you know there are many subjects in the school and it's not one size fits all really is it no. to pace no. um, in every department there are some people who are doing some amazing things and it would be brilliant if you know we could see it if other people could see it so if anyone does have any strategies that they have found really work um, whether it's with particular cohorts or just for girls just for boys you know we'd love to hear about it even if um, if you were willing to do like an iris clip that we yeah, could share yeah. that would be fantastic and I know um, David Calvill would be straight on that um, he loves a good iris clip Okay, I think we're going to wrap it up there then. So there's plenty for people to think about. Um, If anyone has any positive feedback on the podcast, then please let us know and get in touch. If uh, if you didn't like anything, then don't. (laughs) Uh, 
No, seriously, if there's anything you know you, you think you would benefit from uh, any particular topics as we go through the year, um, we'd love to hear your thoughts. We will have a kind of plan of what that will look like over a year. I think we're gonna in the next couple of weeks, hopefully, gonna devise up a bit of a uh, bit of a plan in action. Yeah. Um, but at the moment, it's kind of just out there. And if there are any things that people particularly want to uh, focus on, then we are all ears and you know we're here to try and help you. So thank you very much, Lena, for nice. joining me today on our first podcast together. We probably won't have another one now before half term, right? No. So have a lovely half term, everyone. Have a lovely half term. Um, and we will speak to you all soon. Yeah, peace.